Welcome back. It's episode 25 of Send Help. We are a quarter century old Nicholas LaRosa. Wow. I can't believe it. Uh, 25. I really a quarter century long with a pandemic in the mix. Hey, we got to keep it going. Um, honestly, it was a good weekend. Uh, worked a lot. Nick watched a lot of sports. Pat is away still, but we did have a, we have a little segment with Pat in it. Got to chat uh, with Pat. A little chat with Pat. Yeah, we'll call it a little a powwow with Patrick uh, later on in the show. Just getting, uh, I think, an update on what he's doing out in uh, Nevada, California, the border. We don't know where he is, but uh, we saw him this morning. He looked great, looked tan. And by tan, I mean sunburnt. So that's he good. He's chilling, though. My well, man's out there man chilling. Deserves it because you know he busts his ass for when he works at the bakery. Exactly. So uh, it's good that Pat's on a little vacation. It's bad that I didn't wake up in time for the whole interview thing with Pat. Uh, once again, everyone knows I love to sleep. Sleep's a great thing. It's really important for your health. Um, so you know, I was just taking care of my mentals and stuff, uh, as Marshawn Lynch would say. But first thing we're going to get into today is we're going to recap uh, our, our next picks from last show. Uh, and I think, Nick, there's a new sheriff in town when it comes to Nick's picks. Am I wrong? <laughs> I, I, I call it beginner's luck. <laughs> beginner's luck, whatever you want to call it. Your boy, Nick Roy, here went 3-0 and on his picks for the weekend. So if you followed me, uh, you want some money. I'm, not, I'm rhyming today. And you did, um, you did actually bet all three games, which is I did. very good. That's hardcore Nick's picks right there. Hey, I said I'm going to follow my, follow my heart, follow what I, what I went for. Uh, the first game I picked correctly, I think, was the Saturday afternoon. No, was it, Friday? it was Friday. The Friday afternoon, the Islanders, I told you to take the Islanders to win their series in game four. They won 5-1. to one. A little nice Crushed. cash in on the minus 120 for me. We, me and Nick both got the Garrett Cole uh, game that the Yankees that he pitched. I think that was in the doubleheader. Am I wrong? Yeah, it was the first game of the doubleheader, and um, minus Cole didn't one and have a half his best game. Money. He didn't. Cole didn't well, have his best game. He was until until the bottom of the fifth with two outs, so he couldn't get that couldn't get through that fo- that fifth inning, so he couldn't get the win. But um, but the Yankees still recover, and uh, that minus one and a half was huge if you had it. Of course. Yeah, and then um, the other game that we both picked was that Friday night. Well, you didn't technically pick it, but you kind of did. The Friday night, Boston uh, Celtics uh, versus Toronto. I said take Boston on the and money well, line yeah, or the Boston line. Boston Massacre. And Nick said he would probably lean towards Toronto. Boston ends up winning 122 to 100. Yeah, so, Toronto just didn't bring their A game. And, and Boston is such a strange team, though, because they they have just been – pummeling their opponents right now and then i feel yeah. like there's got to be some money going their way for uh championship uh for a potential getting to the finals and maybe even winning i definitely um, think coming out of the east the, the celtics are one of the heavy favorites but yeah they're a very complete team a complete team good coach uh and then nick your last pick of the week was uh which game was that the angels it was the game? friday night angels and rangers and the angels had the lead for a good portion of the game but uh that pitching couldn't uh hold the rangers back which is kind of shocking because the rangers kind of suck but um yeah so one and one for the weekend for me and three and oh for nicholas roy 
my first Knicks picks. I think I'm going to hop in on them a little bit. I might not give as many as you. Whatever you but Sometimes I just feel it, you know. Sometimes I'm feeling it, and I felt it. The Islanders game, I never bet on the Islanders. I hate the Islanders, but I I don't know why. I was like, the Islanders are going to crush the Panthers. Yep. So I had a feeling, and it worked out. So good stuff. Yeah, and I have currently a bet on the Islanders. Right before the bubble started, I threw down $9 to win three sixty for the Islanders win the Stanley Cup. So – Keeping my dreams alive there. Which if I'm that happens, I'll about. be very upset. I'll be very upset. <laughs> I don't. I can't have that happen. Just can't. Can't have it happen. But um, that's your yeah, recap. I, that's the recap for Nick's picks. So three and zero for me. One and one for Nick on official picks. One and two for if I were to take this. Good thing he did not take this. Raptors. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're gonna get into a little bit of MLB talk because. I just watched a, a John Boy video breakdown that Nick just sent me about such a good job. The Astros and the A's brawl. And I think I'm going to start uh, this like quick little segment by just saying, yo, the Astros fucking suck, man. And, that, and I'm not talking about baseball. They just, they're just not, I don't like them as people. Who? Yep, I agree. They suck. They suck. They, they are really, I, I, I mean, honestly, and I, I try not to use this word, but they really come off as cowards with the way that they've been acting lately. Um, I sent this video to Nick. If you want to check it out, uh, we'll probably retweet it and send it out. Um, it's just a breakdown of, if you didn't see it, the brawl that happens over the weekends uh, over in Oakland. Um, Houston playing the athletics. And, you know, Houston pitchers don't know how to throw a baseball uh, in 2020. And they hit uh, a specific player, um, blanking on the name, but I think his name was Romero or something like that. Uh, which one? Are you talking about the, the center fielder for the, Astro, uh, the Athletics? Yes. Uh, Ramon Lorano. Ramon Lorano. Uh, yes. Was hit three times in the span of this series. Three uh, two, times? Two times by the same pitcher. In and the same game. In the same game, exactly. I'm just making sure and, that um, I put this out there so people know the Astros are just unbelievable. I don't yeah. understand. So uh, definitely check out that video if you follow us on Twitter. We'll tweet um, it out. We'll tweet it out for sure. And um, it's, just, it's just disgusting. And then even if you watch that video, you'll see a little bit that the Houston bench was kind of asking for, you know, the uh, center fielder for the athletics to kind of like come at me. Like, yeah, you got a problem with us throwing at you? Well, then come at me and come say something about it. So you know what? When they're really asking for something like that, uh, you best believe that somebody's going to step up and try and kick the crap out of them. And I, 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 what's crazy to me is like when you when uh, when you watch the video of the breakdown of the fight, it's the Astros pitching co- uh, hitting coach yeah. that is provoking a player. Yep. And then as soon as the player finally gets mad enough, who by the way, this guy has been hit three times already. So if you want to say, hey, you shouldn't charge the opposing team's dugout, I get that. Yeah, for sure. But if you hit me three times in a weekend. Mm-hmm. And then I don't even charge them out. I'm just, like, kind of making fun of you saying, hey, throw the slider. You got to let it break. Like, come on, bro. You know what I mean? Like, and your hitting coach is taunting me and saying, come on, bro. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I think the hitting coach should be done for the year. You can't – when you know that the rules right now are the MLB said any, like, on-field brawl will be harshly, harshly penalized because they want to, you know, lack of social distancing. Uh, yep. Duh. Yep. I think the Houston Astros hitting coach should be done for the year. You cannot be provoking players. You, you can, if you're a player, I get it. 
You cannot, as a coach, be provoking players. You're in a higher authority. You cannot be doing that stuff. And that just goes to show the Astros are unbelievable. It's not just the players. It's the coaches now, too, that are scumbags. I get they're trying to protect them, but guys, come on, man. Come on. They're disgusting. They really are. Like you said earlier, just as human beings, they really aren't um, showing a great – like, think about how, many, how much children love watching baseball – uh, probably not a lot, actually. But <laughs> think about how many kids love Jose Altuve and, you know, Carlos Correa and Alex Bregman. First of all, as people, they, they – before the cheating scandal, they were considered good people. And we had no problem with them as people. We had problem with them as players. But once the cheating scandal came out, it showed their character and how, you know, that's not the way you live in life. You don't get ahead by cheating. And MLB, as we've said before, has done a horrific job of keeping them under wraps and punishing them. And this just goes to show you, this is all MLB's doing because they are completely defending cheaters who have cheated the game that they treasure so much. They try to keep the integrity of the game so... I don't know what the word is! Shit! Pristine. Like, they... You know, I think I know what you're getting at. Like, baseball, they yeah. love just, like, you know, keep – oh, exactly. it's about integrity. It's just about this. Just think about the steroid era and then – Right. You know, Does this count? Does that count? Is that, you know, gentlemen's agreements, uh, unwritten rules, right? Yeah. And then uh, they, they just you – know, they broke all of them, and then when they got caught, then they – now they're uh, – like, like, this is all I have to say. Like, when you're throwing out a po- – and I guess the, 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 the beef between Loriano and, like, the guy that he got traded for is deeper than that, but – the Astros, like, they can't stay out of their own way. They're already the most hated team. And now they're, they're and now this is, what, the second incident? Joe Kelly was thrown at them. That was great. But, like, now they're throwing at guys, and then they're, pit, they're, they're brawling, and they got their hitting coach trying to get people, like, riled up. And then as soon as he gets riled up, all the, they, all the his players jump in front of him, and he doesn't even have to do anything. They're just the worst. They're the yeah. worst. Yeah. I don't know any other word. I, I do know other words. I'm not going to use them on this mm-hmm. podcast. But they mm-hmm. are the worst type of team they I, I i haven't hated a team like i hate them more than i hate the red sox i think you're right i think a lot of yankee fans would agree with that i hate right them more now. than i hate the red sox right now the red sox right now i just enjoy stomping all over them especially after that sweep recently but houston by far right now is just the absolute and and not even just with the yankees all of mlb That's what I'm saying. Like. all of the mlb um, hates them and i really feel like there hasn't been a team i guess i mean everybody's always tried to find reasons to hate the Yankees, you know, just because we're really good. But the Yankees have in no way been proven to have cheated at any point in time. This team has been proven and probably did it in 2019 as well. Let's be honest. But the, um, like I said before, the integrity is just different nowadays of this, of this game. And MLB has dug themselves into quite a freaking hole with this Houston Astros franchise. And the, the fact that they're still not going to penalize any players, hopefully we'll see, we'll get some alerts and uh, figure out what the suspension is because that hitting coach, I agree. Uh, at, at, get Suspending for the rest of the season would be fine uh, by me. And I think it would be fine by a lot of MLB fans, but not for nothing. He probably is doing a really shitty job considering Jose Altuve is batting about 150 right now. Yeah, I was going to say, right, uh, to wrap this up real quick, because I can't talk about the Astros much more, we're going to do a quick update on the Astros stats. 
Uh, Jose Altuve batting 182. Nice. Really good. His slugging percentage, his on base is 260. Nice, dude. You're really good at baseball. Jesus. He broke his bat the other day after he struck out. Ha ha, midget. Sucks. Um, Alex Bregman, 219. You suck, you scumbag. 219. You suck. Uh, Josh Reddick, 259. No, whatever. You still suck. Um, George Springer, batting 182. You suck, George. Even though I don't hate you as much, you suck too, George. And then, like I said, Correa, who I hate the most right now, is still batting 345 because he's actually a good baseball player. But it's okay because I still hate him and he sucks. So oh. that's your Astros uh, update. Hey, and they're 6-9. and nine. We were talking about this. They're 6-9. and nine. They might miss the playoffs. And they, as much as, like, I want them in the playoffs so we can sweep them out and, or do something to them and just obliterate them. I want to bash them. I don't want them in it. I don't want them in at all. I think they should have been banned from the playoffs regardless this year. I, so. I think you're right. That would have been a really fair punishment. As like a one or two year ban, especially in a shortened season like this. Like, you think they're really going to care? Yeah. Like, they, I, I was listening to sports radio last night, and and the uh, host was saying, like, do you think that teams really care about what their final season record is going to be this year? Like, no. in a regular 162, it makes a big difference. Oh, yeah, the team was like, you know, 90 and uh, 72. 72. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and you know they're up and coming or something like that. They're just on the cusp. But if in a sixty-game season, nobody gives a shit how you finish if you don't make the playoffs. That's really what it Agreed. comes down to. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens. But let's get off this now, just because we've talked about it for a while. Um. So yeah, we're gonna move on to some breaking news, kind of. That's really it, it's not out officially yet, but I just saw a tweet. Um, we were gonna talk about this later in the episode, but I got we gotta talk about it now. Uh, the Big Ten last night voted uh, to not have a season, 12 votes to two. Uh, Nebraska and Iowa apparently voted to play. The other 10, 12 did not. Um, so it looks like the Big Ten is not playing football this fall. So that means Ohio State, Penn State, Wisconsin, not playing. Wow. Um, that's huge news. Um, it's huge news. I don't know about the SEC. I know the Power Five met last night. Uh, on a call to kind of discuss it. And I, I have a feeling that the, that no no conference wanted to be the first uh, to cancel. You know what I mean? Like no one wanted to be the first guy to do it. Um, so I'm I'm really hoping that it's not a domino effect, but I think it might be. Um, college football stars last night were out on Twitter tweeting they want to play. Uh, biggest star Trevor Lawrence was tweeting out a bunch of stuff saying that basically if they played, they'd actually be in a safer environment than if they were at home or on campus, you know, without uh, football and the, you know, coronavirus testing and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's a sad day. If we uh, there's no college football, man, I mean, that's a tough – Saturdays in the fall, it just got a lot worse. So if, they, if they cancel the season, is it possible that they just reschedule it for the spring or is it just canceled? Yes, yes, it is possible. But at the same time, playing in the spring – to me, like, so I don't know how it'll work because there's so much going on with it. There's is so it many the moving parts. Is right. That's, that's, the, that's the difference. And, and, and I know a lot of guys that play college football don't go to the NFL. Um, so I'm sure they could have enough guys and I'd still watch it. But, like, the big stars, Trevor Lawrence, is Trevor Lawrence going to play in the spring if, they, if the ACC cancels? I don't know if he will because by then he's draft eligible and I, I'm – and He's calling number one. You're He's probably going – yeah, and you're probably going to the league. You're probably not going to stay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's just – I don't know what to really say. I'm really upset, honestly. It's it's just really tough to see. 
I think there's even also uh, uh, an even bigger story, despite college football potentially getting canceled. Um, in that article you sent over to me, they're discussing uh, forming a college football players union, which would be huge for the future of college football. I mean, when you talk about, you know, we hear all these stories that these, these poor kids are, are you know, they're, they're, they have all this limelight and, and all these big schools and all these companies are, and TV networks are making money off of them, yet, you know, they're still eating uh, in, their, in, in a, a college, you know, like commissary, basically, you know, yeah. uh, just it, it, like the stories we hear. I remember hearing um, Kyle Guy from the NCAA basketball tournament, uh, known player on Virginia, really great three-point shooter. He was getting married to, I believe, his fiance, and they weren't allowed to accept gifts because of some NCAA rules. And that's just, that just doesn't seem fair. I mean, you know, that's taking away uh, a memory, in, in essence, from uh, an NCAA basketball player. And so I think it's really great that these players could eventually form a union and uh, speak up. Um, I think especially in this day and age, it's, it's the new common trends where everybody has a say. And uh, hopefully these college, bas- these college basketball and football players and even other sports, you know, lacrosse, uh, baseball, uh, women's basketball, all that stuff, they can make a little bit of extra money so that, you know, they don't have to worry as much as they do when they get to the pro level. Because once you get to the pro level, especially in baseball, we see it with arbitration and all this crap, you know, these players could get screwed out of millions of dollars. Um, right. And, and they, they get used to it because that's what they're used to when they do it in college. So it just seems normal to them. And then they have to keep waiting, keep waiting and keep waiting for that big payday. So eventually um, I think we'll be in a world where we'll see some college athletes making some money. Um, and that'll be great for the, for the students and hopefully better for the sport in a, in a way. Yeah. Um, I'm just reading tweets. Matt Hayes, uh, a guy who I follow tweets about college football said uh, a Power 5 AD texted him uh, and said it's looking more and more like it's the Big Ten and the Pac-12 versus the ACC, SEC, and Big 12 when it comes to if they're going to play or not. So it's two big Power Fives against three. So my biggest question, and like I said, we're going to find out more as the week goes on and as these next couple weeks come around, are if the ACC and the SEC and the Big 12 decide, you know what, we're going to go ahead and play. We're going to go ahead and play. The Pac-12 and the Big Ten are out. Do you let guys transfer and go play? Mm. I, I don't know because what about all the guys on that team already, right? So, like, I don't think you can do that. But, like I said, it's a giant mess. Um, it's, I, I feel bad for anyone who's a senior, yeah. you know, if, you know, and guys like me. Like, if I went somewhere, I'm not going to go transfer my senior year and go play somewhere else. Like, that's just – yeah. It's tough, man. You, you hate to see this kind of stuff. And I always feel worse for college athletes because you can only do it for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you, if you cancel an NFL season, you're getting paid. Maybe, you know, you're still going to get a little bit of money. I get it. But, like, these kids, man, like I play college football. Like you're growing up, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to play college football, you know. And, and uh, it's tough to, that it's canceled because of something like this, you know. It's – you hate to see it. Big Ten is still trending on Twitter, so it's it's big news, obviously. Yeah, and it, it feels like it's always a mess with whatever college football story there is because you have so many different points 
and so many different, you know, associations, like you were saying, you know, the power five and what if like some teams decide to play, they really should be an all or nothing type of deal. You can't like have, you know, Alabama and LSU playing and then you don't have, you know, Penn state and Wisconsin, you know, it's just, it just doesn't seem right. And then exactly. the question, the yeah. legitimacy of the college football season and if they still do a playoff and there's just all these crazy factors. So really when it comes down to it, it should be an all or nothing type of deal. I think it, I, I think I'm leaning towards it's going to be nothing. So yeah. you hate to see it, uh, but it is what it is, man. Like at this point, I'm kind of numb to this kind of news, you know, like it's happened, you know, with the NCAA tournament and then baseball getting pushed back exactly. and all the sports like canceling. It's, I'm numb to it at this point. I don't, I'm not as upset as I was in March, but it's kind of like, you know, damn. So it's, it's definitely sucks, but um, on some, on some, let's move on to some better news. I think yeah, we, we some should. Good news. Uh, I would love to talk about, uh, you know, our friend Colin Moriaka, the PGA championship winner, 23 years of age, his first PGA championship ever. My man comes out here and suits the 64 in round four to win the title. Wow. Shoot I mean, this, kid, this kid's our age. That's, that's pretty substantial. It was his second major ever uh, that he ever – yeah, and he hit a birdie uh, – not a birdie. He hit an eagle on 16 wow. to get him into the lead. Um, it was – he shot – like I said, he shot a 64, which led the day. He won by two. He beat uh, – who did he beat? Justin Johnson was in it at the end. I know uh, – what's his name? The other guy – DeChambeau, I can't stand him. Uh, they were they were fighting for it, but yeah, it's, it's I, I don't watch as much golf as I used to, but I I've been watching a lot of golf this weekend because that's what's been on at the bar uh, as yeah. I've been working. And yeah, Moriaka minus thirteen. He just won two million dollars. Good for him. Two that's, that's million dollars, especially in this twenty twenty. Uh, did you see how uh, how he handled the trophy after he it was presented? I to did him? not. What do you do? He actually dropped the top of the of the trophy. Attaboy. Like, like Attaboy. it fell off. That's such a 2020 way to win in the PGA Championship. Attaboy. <laughs> but yeah, really uh, great job from Colin, and uh, I think he's got a bright future if he's if he's you know playing that well at, at 23. So do um, you know? You'd probably know better than I. But did, when did Tiger Woods really make a splash into the into the PGA? I always think of 2004. That's like the number one year that I think of because of the. When did Tiger like burst make onto a, the scene? Oh, I think it was, was like nine, 1996. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so, this kid wasn't even born yet. So Tiger, Tiger like was good in '96. He won his first uh, major in '97. He won the Masters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, and then he didn't win for a little, like two years. And then in, he won the PGA Championship in '99. He won the U.S. Open in 2000. He won the, uh, the Open Championship in 2000, and then he won the PGA Championship in 2000. Wow. And then he won the Masters in 01. He won the U.S. Open in 02. He won the Masters in 02. Like, he, he went on a tear from, like, 99 to, like, 06. He won, like, Jeez. he won, like, 12. It was insane. Yeah. So, this kid, wow. this kid, yeah, 1997, this kid was zero years old. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, and he beat Tiger, obviously, yesterday. Tiger didn't have the best weekend, but – yeah, Tiger won Rookie of the Year in 1996, so. Wow. He was the Rookie of the Year before this kid was born. Good. Well, Colin is an American, so hopefully he can uh, keep it up and, uh, and be the next Tiger Woods, minus all the bad publicity. Just be a yeah, great golfer. 
anytime a young kid uh, like, you know, Spieth or uh, when Rory bursts onto the scene, when they come out and you, oh, yeah. you see them win this, their, their first one, you always hope that they can win more. You know, you all, I want them always to win more. I don't want them not to win. I want them yeah. always like in there. Um, I don't know. It just makes it, it just gets more and more fun when, um, when, you know, when, when you see guys winning. Um, and, it, and it, I like when guys that don't win a lot win, you know, and this kid's never won. And I like that. I don't like, sometimes I, I get bored when it's the same guys in the yeah. fight. You know, you always want these new, this, this fresh blood, uh, new blood is, is a good term, I guess, to use, like, and, and have them go in and beat these guys. I mean, that's how good of golfers these guys are. Yeah. Now, man, shot a 64. 64. I always put uh, golf and tennis really in the same category of just, like, you really want the most amount of your athletes to play to their best of their ability because you just want See, the most I think competition. Is, I think tennis is different, though. Because golf, golf is like a tournament, but like, you know, you can be 10 strokes back and have a really good day and then hop up into the next day. And then, you know, you have a chance to win on the final day. Mm-hmm. Tennis, it's more like, you know, it's that tournament style, like Wimbledon, it's a tournament. So like, yeah. I, I, for me in tennis, at least, I always want the big four at the end. I don't know why, but I always want mm-hmm. Djokovic. I always Djokovic, want Nadal, Federer. Federer. Yeah, like I always want those guys. Yeah. And I guess Andy They're Murray. They're usually like, there. Oh, Yeah. I mean, they're they're the best. Tennis is ooh, those guys. They dominate tennis, and same with the women's game. Like the 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 Williams sisters, especially Serena. Man, they mm-hmm. they dominate. I, I, I'm uh, a big fan of tennis. I, I I love betting it too. It's such a fun sport to bet. It really is. It really is. Oh, and I just wanted to bring this up. I I think this is so interesting about golf, right? So Paul Casey finished at minus eleven, tied for second with Dustin Johnson. They get a six hundred ninety-eight thousand uh, dollar purse for coming in second, right? And then Scheffler, yeah, the, that's how much money they get for coming in second. Like a bag? Almost a million. Uh, that's their winnings. Yes, Nicholas. Uh, do you know what a purse is? Like a bag. Like a winning purse. Do you, you've never heard of that? No, never. A prize purse? Okay. No. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll not talk about it then because you don't know. We'll, we'll, I guess we'll, well no, discuss if that later. If they're bringing home 700 grand, though, that's, that's the Right. Key. So, yeah. So, they, so, Moriaka wins. He gets two mil. Second place basically gets uh, nine, 968000 each for Dustin Johnson and Paul Casey. You, Paul Casey was minus 11. Scheffler, Finau, Day, Wolf, and DeChambeau all were minus 10. So they come in like, you know, they're the next level. They all get 404 k All of them. Yeah. Solid. Right. And then Justin Rose, everyone back up to – uh, minus eight, which is 10th, they get 252,000. And then if you came in thir- 13th, they're all a lot of guys tied for that, 192,000. So, like, honestly, Jeez. bro, if I could golf at all and I came in 11th, I wouldn't give a shit. That's $200,000. <laughs> I don't care. That's money. You know Boom. what I think of when I think of this? I think of like Happy Gilmore when he has all these giant checks in the back of like his really <laughs> shitty car. <laughs> he's like, he's like, yeah, I came in like twentieth place, and he's Who got cares? like a fifty thousand dollar check. <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? Like, of course you want to win. Of course you want to win. You know, I'm competitive too. But hey, man, if I lost, I'd be like, ah, damn it. And then when they gave me my three hundred thousand dollar check for coming in eighth, I'd be like, thank you. And I'd go home and drink still. It'd yeah. be great. Oh, I lost. Oh, Shane. Oh, I'll, t- I'll take my 300K and go home. Ah, uh, that shot on 14 really screwed me. Mom, I lost 200K, but I still made 500. Bro, come on. That's, a, that's easy. Nice, pretty payday. 
Golf is the best with that. Um, all right, we got one more thing we're going to talk about before we head over to the Pat stuff uh, with our Pat chat and the chat with Pat, uh, Patty's chatties. Um, the Yankees suck. I'm just kidding. But they, they stunk this weekend. They lose oh three out of gosh. four. I know we're not a Yankees podcast, but we are. So bear with <laughs> us. I don't care who you like. Um, three out of four to the Rays was not the weekend I was looking for. Uh, I'll put it that way. I'm, I'm a little yeah. disappointed. And I, I don't know if you talked about it with Pat. Pat brought up a good argument the other day about um, the Yankees resting Judge uh, when they lost one nothing the day after in t- Tampa. Did you guys talk about that at all? We did not. Okay, yes. Yeah. So Pat, Pat basically said he wasn't happy that, you know, the Yankees didn't uh, – that they sat Judge and LeMahieu against the Phillies on Thursday – and then, you know, we went into that Rays game on – I think it was Thursday. Uh, maybe it was Thursday night we played the Rays. Friday night. Friday night. We, we lost one nothing. Yeah, we lost one nothing to the Rays. And I think we had two hits or something. Yeah. Um, okay. We looked good on the first Saturday game. And then the second Saturday game, um, we kind of just stunk. Um, we lost 5-3 to three and then we lost 5-4. to four. I, I don't know what to make of it. I, I'm trying not to make too much of it. I'm just not – and I know two of the games were seven innings. Um, yeah. There, but yesterday, man, we had a 3 nothing lead, and, uh, and, and we lost that and game. And Paxton was great. I've, let me tell you, I've never seen such a turnaround from absolute dominance to giving up – he gave up back-to-back uh, – Homers. Home runs. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. Exactly. So, we, obviously, there's a man on first, and, and just – and, you know, a two-run shot makes the game 3-2. to two. As a better who had Yankees minus one and a half, I'm pissed. But I know that if the Yankees need to, they'll always put up that other run. And then right back to back, three uh, another solo shot given up, and all of a sudden we're in a tie game. And so, of course, Michael Perez, of all people, who had no hits on the year, walks it off. Unbelievable for the Rays. And again, um, Zach Britton. We, I mean, Boone made the majority of the right moves. Um, in, in that last game, I didn't love some of the moves he made in the other games. I mean, that was lefty on lefty. That was lefty on lefty, Perez and Britain. So, like, that – you know what? You got to give Perez credit. He, yeah. He took – I think it was a slider and just dumped it into right field. And it was I mean, two outs, you know, with, with runners on second and third, you know. It, it's, it's yeah, and, 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 and Nick, you forget, in the start of the next inning, we were going to have a guy on second base. Yep, exactly. Exa- so, that was going to be the Yankees' first extra inning game, potentially. And um, – that would have been great for uh, a better who took Yankees minus one and a half, considering they're a home run hitting team and going into extras, you already have to run on. But um, yeah, I mean, it just, it, it, it was a disaster to be honest with you. Um, but Paxton with 11 strikeouts to just go, like I said, complete dominance to just giving up back-to-back shots. It just, like that in the, in the blink of an eye. I'm, so, def- I'm definitely happy that Paxton pitched well. And like I, I was saying yesterday, to one of my bartenders, I, I was happy – even though we lost, I'm happy with the way Paxton pitched. And I think in me for me, that's better in the long run for us than, than the loss. Um, Paxton yep. pitched really well, and I know it was a little dampened by that last inning. Mm-hmm. But, I agree. Uh, Yankee fans cannot yeah. get mad at that because you got the best – you got a really solid performance, though. Three runs in a normal game is fine, though. It's just the fact that, was, that it was such a yeah. tight game that really made it – you know, that worsened it a little bit. Right, and my man was only at 70 pitches going into that inning. So, like – he was, he was, he was deep. and he had eleven strikeouts. Think about how many, how many pitches you have to throw to strike guys out. And he only had like it was like seventy-seven pitches after like six or seven innings. After six innings, I think he had seventy-seven pitches. Yeah, he was fine. He he pitched well yesterday. That's what you want to see from him. That was good. Um, Yankees play the Braves tomorrow night. I think they what do they play two? 
That'll be a good uh, series. Yeah, this is this is gonna be another, this is gonna be a tough test because we've got to see if they could bounce back now after that. I mean, and the Rays have always been, especially the past two three years, they've been very they've been pests for the Yankees. Yeah, and like, think about it. Like we lost the first game one nothing. Then we lose 5-3 in a seven-inning game. I, I always feel like in these seven-inning games, if you give us nine, we have – like, I feel like we're going to win. Yeah, that's the, that's the one downside of the seven-inning game. Judge, and Judge on that second game, I don't know if you were watching, but in the top – was it the top of the seventh? He hit that ball to the warning track. He almost hit a two-run home run to yep. tie it. Yep. Um, yeah, and then we lose that game yesterday with a 3 nothing lead. So, like, like always, they barely beat us, and I'm sure they're celebrating like crazy. I couldn't um, stand – every time they would get a hit, they would celebrate by doing this stupid thing. They do this. They just wave their arms. And I'm like, what the hell? Like you're, hey, the Yankees do that stuff too. Thumbs down was a few years ago. I feel like as of late, like maybe they'll just clap or something. Something no, no, no. Last year they were doing the whole thing. Yeah, come on. They, were, they, they do the same thing. I don't care about that as much as I care about what they said, that, that quote that came out. Tampa. What was that quote that came out before this series where they were like, oh, when we beat the Yankees, we celebrate a little harder. Like, all right, guys, talk about being little brother. All right, Tampa, cool. Really? Yeah, Yanks got uh, – they got a day off today, Monday, which we are recording. They have a day off Thursday, two games set against Atlanta. Then they play four against Boston at home again. We play seven home games against Boston, only three road. It's really great. Let's go, um, baby. Boston under 30 and a half. Right. So – and then we got Tampa for three. The Mets for three, Atlanta for two more, then the Mets for three, and then we're basically done with August. Wow. Um, yeah, so we got – Yankees haven't even played the Marlins yet. They, and, uh, right, and, and what's great news is so, like I was saying, this big stretch of games, I know it's a lot. It's like 20 games. But these are important because if we can go over 500, right, go like 12 and 7, something like that, we got, the, we got eight games against the Orioles in the beginning of September. And then we also have – Six against nine against Toronto or ten against Toronto in September. Three yeah, more against Boston. Beat Toronto yet? Our end of our season schedule is is in my opinion pretty easy, right? In September we finish with Baltimore, Toronto, Baltimore, Toronto, Boston, Toronto, Miami. So this is the stretch right here. Like we're playing, we're finishing up our Tampa stuff in the next two three weeks here. So we got Atlanta for four in the next like you know fifteen days. The Mets for six, Tampa for six, and Boston for four. So we got to win these games. We got to win each series. You know, I don't even care if they win every game. You got, you know, two out of three, three out of four. Just keep doing it. If you want to split against Atlanta this week, I get it. Uh, we're not having our best guys go. We got Hap on Tuesday. I'm not very excited about that. Cole will start against Evaldi on Friday night against Boston. Um, Ooh, and a- Cole will also start that first game in uh, versus Tampa when we play them on the 18th next Tuesday. Good. Big week ahead for the Yanks. Got to win them. We're only two games up in the division. Got to, you know, create some separation while you can, especially when you're playing Tampa like this. You got to beat them. So, so tough to, weekend. To finish off this Yankee talk, I wanted to get your opinion. So, my buddy texted me yesterday and he says, there's no way the Yankees can survive right now with this starting pitching, especially if they go to the postseason. And I said, well, postseason's a little different. You know, we've seen it over the past two years with the Yankees, they've really gone with almost a three pitching rotation. And then they, you know, just rely on heavily on the bullpen, which is what we can do because we have such a great bullpen. So I wanted to get your opinion. If you think that they can just do the same thing, especially having Cole this year, you know, we don't have Severino, but it looks like in my eyes right now, it's going to be Cole, Tanaka, Paxton. 
And then even if you needed a fourth starter, I really think he had a rough start his last time out. But Jordan Montgomery, J-Mo, I feel like could be a reliable fourth I was going to say, I don't know if Paxton would get the nod right now, especially with the, uh, the velocity issues he's having. Well, he got having. three. Well, dude, think about this. So Paxton, his velocity is back down to 91. Last yeah. year he topped out. His top fastball was 100. Wow. That's a big drop off, right? And so, and another big thing with Paxton is he doesn't have the spin rate. I don't know the exact numbers, but he doesn't have the the elite spin rate that Cole has, that Verlander has, so that like these guys can throw pitches up in the zone and get whiffs because they throw really hard, but also because they're they have elite spin. Yeah. Um, Paxton does not have elite spin. He's never had elite spin, but he always had the 198, 99 fastball that can you can blow by somebody with. So. Montgomery, for me, is a little bit of a wild card. If he pitches better than Paxton on the stretch, I think you might lean towards giving Monty a, a third start, and then, you know, you put Paxton as a long reliever. Or you can do both. You can switch them. It just depends how they both – like, if Paxton's velo comes back up, I, you know, I'm taking yeah. Paxton. But that velo down, I don't love it. I don't love the velo down. That, to me, is a bad – that's a bad sign. But yeah, he had a good start yesterday, so hopefully – he didn't throw hard, but he threw better, you know. So hopefully yeah. he can fix that. But I'm not worried about their pitching. I'm not. Uh, like you said, the bullpen's great. I'm not yeah. worried about it. Uh, and we have the two the horses at the top. And 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 I say horses because Cole is an, a big game elite pitcher. And then Tanaka in the postseason is every out. game. Every game he pitches in the postseason, you expect to win. With him Tanaka, Tanaka is a big great. game pitcher, man. Yep. Um, Yep. He's always been like that too. Like and you had, saw it, you saw it against the first game against Tampa. They only lost one nothing, and they just couldn't put the damn runs together. Right, and he hasn't even gotten a real full spring training because he got hit in the head with that ball. So like yep. he he only pitched what like four and a half innings in that one nothing loss, something like that. He pitched, he didn't pitch much. Yeah, he pitched five innings, one hit, five yep. Ks, sixty pitches. So he's looked good. We just didn't hit that game, and you know it is what it is. But um. That's the thing I'd be afraid of mostly in the playoffs because I know that the pitching will be there. And, and like I said, the Yankees rely on like that three, you know, headed monster of a pitching rotation. And then they just rely on the bullpen. But when it comes down to facing these pitchers, these really good pitchers in the playoffs, I feel like the Yankees just always come up a little bit short with the hitting, you know, and we saw it. They, this whole weekend, they, ha- they were constantly having runners on base. They couldn't get these guys across. It was really just a real. It was a really annoying to watch because they should be, you know, one more hit and and we're look we're looking at instead of the Yankees losing three out of four, they possibly win three out of four this weekend, you know, and that's yeah. what I really think it came down to. Plus, you got the Gary situation. That I was uh, just gonna bring that up. I was gonna say we got to really quick touch on Gary before we go to yeah, the past we have stuff. To. We have to, bro. Gary, I love. I've always defended Gary, but you know what, man, he's got to stop fucking swinging at pitches that are out of the zone and. Yep. He's got to start hitting, man. He can't yep. be four for 40 in a 15-game. You know, already a quarter of the way through the season, he's hitting 103. You can't yep. be doing that, Gary. Your biggest uh, – uh, it's just it's, – it's tough to see. Was it the first game of the doubleheader or the second? I think it might have been the second. But it was bases loaded, and he, and, and he comes up to bat, and Urshela uh, worked a walk, I think it was. And there was runners on. And once I knew that uh, Sanchez was up next, I was like, "All right, well, this is this is over now." I would have rather I would have rather Urshela not even walked because I'd rather have Urshela still at the plate 
compared to having Gary with a, with a reset count because he's just been that bad lately. And the thing that bothers me the most with Gary, I might have touched on it in, on the pot at one point, but he, he, we all see these workout videos of him over the offseason, and you could tell there was a difference with the framing of his pitches and and defensively, he was really good in the first week or so of the season, but right. lately, it's just it's just always it, it's always costly of a run. It's like he's nervous when there's a run when there's runners on, and he needs to you know stop an Ottavino slider or or a, a Britain changeup or something like that, and he just can't do it. And and it's going behind the plate, and that's literally he cost the Yankees the game when they lost one to nothing. Because that was the one run that came across. It was, and it was on Ottavino, but you, everybody knew it was on Sanchez. And, and right. he, he, we just expect better. You know, we've seen him – another part why it's so annoying, we've seen him, you know, so well behind the plate. And, and from a batting standpoint, we know what he can do. We know his potential. So that's why it's just – it's really frustrating from a Yankees fan's perspective. Because he's – when he's – even when he's hitting 270, he's the – probably the best hitting catcher in MLB because that's how weak the position is Nick, right if now. he's hitting 250, he's the best hitting catcher. If he's hitting 240, agree, he's yeah. the best hitting catcher. I think catcher. you're right. I think you're right. Honestly, if he would just hit 250 all the time, I wouldn't even care. Yeah, um, the biggest spots. problem for – yeah, the problem for me is, like, on the road right now, he's two for 29, and he has 18 strikeouts. In 29 at-bats, you have 18 strikeouts. And then at home, he's two for 10 with four Ks. So, like – the, the biggest thing is I think he's swinging at pitches that are out of the zone. He has 22 strikeouts and 39 at-bats. It's awful. Um, I'm hoping he figures himself out, but, like, you can see why the Yankees have taken uh, catchers in the first round of the draft the last two years. And I hate to say it, but, I mean, if there's someone you're not going to pay, you got to pay Glaber, you got to pay Judge. Uh, you probably got to pay LeMahieu. If, if, and you Soon. might have to pay Tanaka at the end of the year, right, if you want yep. to keep him. There's yep. uh, someone you're not going to pay. It's probably Gary. And I hate to say that because I, I love Gary, and I think he is the best hitting catcher in the MLB. And I think exactly. he's actually the best. I think he's a really good defensive catcher when he's in the zone. He's the best at, you know, gunning runners down at second at least. Um, he calls a good game. It's just and after, there's too after many that, of these slumps that I, I'm starting to get. You exactly. Know, hey, That's what they're just adding up at this point. And we love Gary, but, you know, and we see the work that he puts in. It's just, I, I, it, like I said, it's just a really frustrating situation with, with the information that we know as Yankee fans. Um, yeah. It's really sure. frustrating. For sure. Um, but we had right. to touch on him. Yeah, we had to touch on that. So that was our Yankee stuff for the weekend. Not a great weekend. Hopefully we got some better stuff uh, when we do the episode later in the week. Hopefully we're talking about a sweep of the Atlanta Braves. Um, but, yeah, I think we're going to get into uh, our Patty Chatty, our Chat Pat, our Chat with Pat. Uh, well, basically Nick's Chat with Pat and Nick, me, coming in for two minutes, half a week. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll get into that. We got some behind the scenes uh, of uh, Pat's vacation. So hopefully everybody enjoys that, and um, we'll talk soon. Enjoy the interview. I wanted to. Uh, I've noticed you've been posting a lot on Snapchat. I absolutely love it. I'm I'm devouring this content, <laughs> and <laughs> I wanted to know. So I saw that you are going from like Reno to like Lake Tahoe, California. So approximately how far are yeah. they from each other? I assume they're close. Yeah. Well, Tahoe from here is like 45 minutes, at least, like the north part of Tahoe. But Tahoe's mm-hmm. I mean, it's massive. Uh, wow. It's like split into two. So like half the lake is in Nevada, half the lake's in California. 
Oh, um, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So like we've been uh, exploring the north part for the most part because the south part of the lake is like, I don't know, hour and a half, hour 45 away from us. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to go check that out, but there's so much to do there. It's like, yeah, you need you need almost like a full week alone there. Um, we were going to stay in Tahoe initially, or like we, we at least looked into it, but um, it, it's it's crazy expensive and super busy. Um, and I, I kind of wanted you know the best of both worlds, kind of like the city, the casino experience, and then uh, the lake as well, since it was so close. So yeah, uh, been here since last Thursday. That's why I missed last week's episode. And uh, yeah, we've been uh, living living it up out here. Um, I love it. I love it. I appreciate you coming on for a few minutes, and uh, especially with your busy busy schedule. I busy, um. Busy schedule. So, how is the atmosphere over there? Just from a I guess social distancing distancing standpoint. Right. Well, um, yeah, they're taking all the precautions here. Um, I don't know if they were early on. I know Nevada was, you know, has been one of the states that's been you know kind of out of control mm-hmm. um somewhat but at least you know here at the casino yes it's it's busy there's a lot of people but they are taking the uh the proper precautions for sure i mean everyone's got to wear a mask in the casino uh all the slot machines have like the the panels up uh none of the bars are open in the casino um and there's like a nightclub here too but that's not open and i think the same is you know, the case with the actual city um like indoor bars and stuff none of that's open at night um and then reservations for like the restaurants here they're all operating at 50 percent capacity so you have to basically get a reservation um yeah on like a, on a busy night and then same with uh like the pool area too they're operating at a 50 percent capacity too so uh that's been weird just trying to go down there because like we've tried a couple times and um when we've gone down they're like oh sorry like it's kind of it's full right now but you know you want to come back in an hour like you can actually reserve reserve a spot in the pool which wow. seems kind of weird to me but yeah sure. it, it, the, the casino's pretty packed um but uh, yeah everyone's wearing a mask and you know even in public too like when you're going out in the city just walking in, in the town uh everyone's got to wear a mask interesting i i'm sure a lot of people on the east coast in new jersey specifically would kill for 50 percent capacity in restaurants we're still stuck at 25 percent over here <laughs> Yeah, I'm seeing it. Right. I'm seeing it done out here. And I'm like, I think you could totally make it work. And maybe the smaller restaurants, not so much, but like the bigger restaurants for sure. And I'm shocked it took us that long to even get indoor dining. Um, Well, yeah, we so we had indoor dining and then it got taken away after about uh, maybe a week. Um, yeah, because I know a lot of places were, you know, not abiding, but I mean, I I don't see it. There's no reason why, you know, you can't somehow uh monitor it out here at least I'm, I'm noticing and even like when i was in florida uh some places have 50 percent capacity either you take away some tables or like you know like i said you only do reservations and i, I don't see why you can't somehow you know monitor and relegate the 50 percent uh it seems pretty simple and you know, businesses restaurants would obviously do a lot better so Completely agree. And um, have you put any bets down while you're down there or over there? So surprisingly, well, not for like sports. They have a huge sports book here, uh, which you would just have a field day at. Oh, I would love uh, it. 
<laughs> but no, we've been we've been out and about so much, so like I really haven't. Uh, we actually gambled a little bit last night for the first time. Um, it's mostly just slots. I actually considered playing poker last night because like there wasn't that many people in the room. But uh, no, like we went to dinner and then got back around like ten and gambled for a little bit. But uh, I, surprisingly, I have not. Um, just because I mean you can gamble. Yeah, when you can do it in New Jersey on your phone and mobile, it's so simple. You know, it's just. There's no point of putting in like a ticket ticketed bet, I guess, for Vegas, especially if you have to fly back. To right, 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 right. Now, here's the thing: they, um, what I have considered doing out here, taking advantage of, because obviously, you know, living in Jersey, we can we can gamble now down in Atlantic City. So there's not really anything new out here that I wouldn't be able to do back home. However, they have dispensaries out here, which I wanted to just just peruse because it's legal, you know. Not now. I want to get myself in trouble, but <laughs> have uh, have contemplated checking checking one out. Not like I, I consume or do anything, but you know, just 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 explore. Walk in, see what's up. They have uh, I think I looked it up, like forty dispensaries just out in like the Reno area alone. Wow. I'd imagine that number is like even higher in like cities like Denver and you know California and probably even Vegas. Um, I was shocked when I saw that number. Wow, that is yeah. quite. I mean, it. I mean, New Jersey's on its way towards that, but uh, some uh, some people up at the top in politics uh, aren't too favorable of it. But Murphy has been uh, trying to get that happen to happen. Yeah, it'll uh, happen eventually. So now, like, you heard of any like consequences of stuff like that of having all these dispensaries open? Like, is there any more increased activity of any kinds that? Not that I know of. I Not mean, I think it probably it makes things better because it's legal. Exactly. That's I, – I agree. Okay. Well, very interesting stuff. And uh, since yeah. we have you here, we got to take care of a little bit of a, of a segment. If you have any weekend warrior – uh, sports related or not, because maybe one of your boys was just an absolute uh, warrior this weekend uh, over there in Reno. Uh, no, 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 no. Because of the the whole bar situation, you know, the the, the trip has been just kind of like adventurous and you know exploring and whatnot. Nothing, nothing crazy. Chilling. Yeah, and I, I think the time difference too kind of messed with us because I mean, I, I when I got here like Thursday, at least even Friday, uh, I was exhausted around like eleven o'clock, but I'm like internally it's like two a.m. So yeah, um, I, I never believe in jet lag, but yeah, when you're kind of on the same clock, so like I was, I woke up, and we've been waking up early too to get out to the lake. Yeah, because um, it's so busy. So like we got up. That at, probably feels know, natural though, waking up early, right? Somewhat, yeah. I mean, it's still early for me, but like, yeah. you know, since it is internally later on in, in the morning, um, mm-hmm. yeah, waking up at like seven o'clock isn't that bad. Yeah. So anyway, no, 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 uh, no weekend worries from us. But uh, yeah, I mean, obviously this is a a sports show, so let's get into some sports, shall we? I mean, weekend warrior. I, uh, I, I'll admit, I have not been watching much sports since I've been out here. Um, You're busy. And it's weird. It's weird too because, like, obviously, since I'm three hours behind, uh, everything ends at like eight thirty at night. Oh man, that's gotta be beautiful. It, it's Could weird. you imagine being there on an NFL Sunday? Oh my God, yeah, absolutely. Like the games uh, are over by like five o'clock at night. Oh yeah, I don't know if ending around eight thirty. Ending at eight thirty at the night game. I don't know if I enjoy that though. There's something about watching a game at like you know ten o'clock, right? You know, going right to bed, but. If the game ends at 8.30, you still got, like, some of your night left. So, 
I don't know if I'd enjoy that. Now it's funny. So I wanted to share this with you specifically because you're over there, but um, you're in that area. And a lot of my TikToks lately have been Vegas oriented and really? just Nevada, California. So I find it very interesting how they're probably uh, keeping my data and they probably know you're in Vegas and they're trying to entice me to go as well. Um, <laughs> all my money. Yeah, could be. That's really what it is. But I, I just, so. I just wanted to share that with you because I thought it was very interesting and very strange. That is, that is strange for sure. <laughs> but well, speaking uh, of strange, I don't know if you, uh, you saw my snap from last night, but I may have witnessed like a, a murder scene. Potentially. I did see that. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, it was, it was weird. <laughs> So and I just I just watched a thriller movie the other day too on Netflix and so like when I after I see that with, with your situation uh, over there I was just like get the hell out of there Pat that's what I was thinking internally. Yeah, like we got back from dinner and like so when we, when we parked in, in the garage there was a uh, a car with a uh, a man who was either like <laughs> dead or just drunk and unconscious. His arm was hanging out the window. And you can clearly see like a beer bottle uh, on the floor. Um, Jesus. Like kind of smashed. And then in front of him was this like creepy van with the doors open, but no one was inside the van. So it looks like, like someone hopped out the van and like jumped this guy. <laughs> Maybe like shot him in the head. I have no idea. I didn't even walk by the car. Sheesh. I did not even want to like see what this guy was like. I had no interest. Now we did see his like finger move. So maybe he, I don't know, he was probably just drunk, but like, could he have been drugged? I have no idea. The car, the yeah. van with the doors open in front was like just super suspicious. That is very suspicious. Yeah. Wow. So, well, you know, you always have, you have crazy stories to tell then with your uh, trips to uh, the West Coast. Right. Yeah, we ended up just reporting, uh, just reporting, or like telling the front desk, uh, what we saw. So hopefully they good, good Samaritan. Good, great, great Samaritan. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I think if you are a little busy, I'm going to let you go. Well, no, you know what? No, no, no. I'll, uh, I'll extend this a couple of minutes. We Got haven't a got minutes? a week Yeah. Okay, I'm going to give my week So you have it. And then if Nick Roy eventually uh, gets up, you guys can tackle the rest of the show. That damn yeah. alarm. We have to, we have to buy and that. send it to his house from Amazon. Just, uh, just like one of the loudest alarms you could possibly buy. I don't know what the issue is exactly. Like, is the alarm not going off? Is it turning off in the middle of the night? He's dying. He explained he, a little bit in the last episode, maybe off air, that but he says that uh, the do not disturb mode he feels like has an effect on it. So he doesn't. Is it his phone? Off. That's what he thinks. That's what he thinks. Well, we got to get him either an alarm clock or old school uh, 1995 clock, right. the nice red one with, and it's just buzzing yeah. until you smash it to a million pieces. Exactly. Or we get him uh, Alexa and that could be his alarm clock. Cause she's always on, always on. That works. You just set it and <laughs> one, two, three. It's really not that difficult. Anyway, um, yeah, while, while you have me, Weekend Warrior, I, uh, I, I'm going to pick a man, an older man, not even a player. I don't even think this is, no, this is legal. I'm picking Greg Popovich for my Weekend Warrior. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah. You know what? I because I, I honestly, I'll, I'll be completely honest. Like I said, I have not really been watching much out here, and I couldn't even tell you stats over the weekend. Um, but from what I what I do know is the Spurs are hot. They are hot. Okay, on fire down the bubble. I think they have only lost one game down there. They just beat the Pelicans and officially eliminated them yesterday um, with the the Trailblazers win. So the Spurs somehow, some way. With Popley in the charge, DeRozan's having a really good time down there. Um, you with Noel LaMarcus Aldridge, they're in great position to make the playoffs. So, Pop is my my guy. And I, look, if they get in as eight seed, are they going to lose to LA? Yes, most likely. But Greg Popovich will obviously be the best coach in that series. No, no offense to Frank Vogel, but Pop is just he's he's a wizard. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's the man. No matter what team he has, he's he's always in contention with the playoffs. It's absolutely phenomenal. So and the fact that he's, he's one had of the best coaches all time. Oh yeah. So the fact that he has that team ready down there and playing the way they are, um, with you know really no superstar, it's it's amazing. Every, you know everyone's talking about oh Zion in the bubble with the the Pelicans. They're already done. The Grizzlies are fading quick. Um, you know John Morant had a highlight. Not, they're barely hanging on to that eight spot. They're they're losing it, uh, and I think uh, what is it? You have to be within, I believe it's what is it, four games, I think, uh, or something like that. When the uh, the seeding games end, I think it's within I mean, two. Could be within two, yeah. And then you, you do that play in. Um, so yeah, uh, I, right now Portland and the, uh, San Antonio are both in contention for that play in. So yeah, to me the, the Grizzlies are screwed. <laughs> Um, I couldn't agree more. Um, I think that this is exactly what the NBA wanted with that, especially with that Western conference, because I mean, they damn well knew that the wizards weren't going to make a run for that eight seed. And uh, it was going to be between the nets and the magic, but um, the, the West conf, I mean, the Suns have also, they're also creeping up. They've been, have they still been undefeated in the bubble or did they, I think they, did they lose to Miami. I'm not positive, but this is uh this Western Conference bubble has been just extraordinary, um, and really fun to watch. There's been so many good games, um, oh, yeah. and I think that it's going to be a battle for that eight seed. And it looks like Memphis, you know, is the odd man out, even though right now they're a half game up and they're in that eight seed. But uh, Portland just looks really good, and uh, Phoenix looks really good, and San Antonio looks really good, and they came to play in that bubble. They want to stay. That's really what it comes down to. Exactly. And we have a little bit of a surprise for you, Pat. We've Dude. gotten word from the Joanna Cespedes of the show. Oh, Here he is joining us live. He surfaced again. Well, a mere five minutes after he wakes up. Yeah, this is just I'm here time. again. This is just oh we can see him too today. This is amazing. This is just in time for you guys to carry the rest of the show. This is incredible. Beautiful, beautiful. Pat gave us some good stuff, Nick. He's uh, having a grand old time over there on the uh, in the Nevada, California area. I've seen it on Snapchat. He uh, looks like he's having a great time. I saw a picture of pizza though. I'm not. Too happy that Pat's eating pizza, not in New Jersey, New York area. But. Well, uh, this was like a wood-fired oven. So. That did look really good. I have to give it to you, Pat. That pizza looks good. I'll, I'll be honest. It was delicious. Um, if you're a fan of well, – the, we got two. It was a, a bacon uh, caramelized onion, blue cheese, 
and peach the balsamic glaze. Peach. Ah. Ah. Smoky and sweet. No, this is not like your traditional pizza. Obviously, this is like a artisan. Crafts artisan. That's exactly the word I was thinking of. Yeah, more of a flatbread. And then the other one was this uh, this mushroom pizza with uh, goat cheese and a couple other things. I don't know what it was all. Oh, my God, it was amazing. That yeah. one, I think that was the one I saw the picture of that looked really good. I, I'm a big fan that of one, mushrooms. That was the one that looked good. The other one, I don't know, the peaches, I don't know about that. Yeah, peaches don't go on pizza. It was tremendous. <laughs> Pat, is it hot out there? Oh, yeah, it's in the 90s. Yeah, you, you bet your ass it is. But it's not humid, right? No, it's not that humid, but I mean, 95 is 95, so it's, it's hot. But by, but by the lake, it's like 10 degrees cooler, at least. So right. And you went to Lake anymore. Tahoe, right? Uh, yeah, we've been in Tahoe every day since, uh, since Friday. And then we were, honestly, we weren't even supposed to go yesterday, but we changed our plan and we're going back again today. So Lake Tahoe is beautiful. It's beautiful. It's place. amazing. It's insane. <laughs> It's honestly, it's got to be the best lake in the, the U.S. One of the best lakes in the country, probably. It's just, oh my god, it's crazy. I know the, a lot of uh, water friends from really California nice. love it there. They love it, yeah. like Tahoe. Yeah. They all talk about Lake Tahoe. That's like their big thing. Oh yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I gave my weekend warrior. Uh, I picked Greg Popovich. Um, you know, Pop. I get your guys' weekend warrior real quick, and then if you had anything else from me before I gotta hop off, let me know. Uh, it's up to you, Nick. If you have your weekend warrior ready, we could share it with Pat real quick. Unless uh, otherwise, we could let him go. Um, honestly, I don't really have a weekend warrior. I didn't really get to watch sports either, like Pat said. I didn't get to watch anything. <laughs> oh, I mean, I've worked five days in a row, and now I actually have off three days in a row. That's why I was sleeping. Wow, was three days! Wow, bro, I've been working so much that I haven't. I didn't even get to watch the Yankees yesterday. I had to beg my manager to let me switch it on the TV at the bar. Uh, you, you, like, you didn't miss much. I was really pissed with the way that game. Actually, happened. you know what? You didn't miss much. Pat, did you did you pick the kid who won the PGA Championship? No, I picked uh, Greg Popovich. I'm taking him. His I forget his name already. His but name is I, Colin. I don't know how to pronounce the last that name. That kid, right? yeah. But he's younger he's than w. all of us. I'm pretty sure he's yeah. 21. It was his first PGA Championship ever. And he walks out with a W over Shambo, Kapka, and Dustin Johnson. So I'm going to take him. That was tremendous. Uh, my weekend warrior is Dane Dalla. Um, he you absolutely put Damian on a Damian call Lillard. Dane no, you can put on a show this weekend, and he kind of roasted Pat Bev and Paul George. Kind of he, roasted uh, Pat Beverly. He, I mean, he really did, but I, I was just trying to at him on the bench. It was a full room. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you were out here, son. <laughs> oh, he went but, off here. But Dame is probably a trailblazer for life at this point right now. He is loyal AF. and uh, Unless they deal him, which, you know, it's a business. Let's be honest. They probably yeah. will. In like four years when he's not as explosive. Yeah, but. right after his prime years. Right. But uh, thank you, Pat, so much for joining us. Uh, we know it's yeah. a little early there. And uh, go get some breakfast. And uh, think about us when you're out on the lake. Don't do um, that. Just enjoy yourself. Don't think about it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to take Nick Roy's advice there. Um, but, you know, keep following my, my posts. You'll be we're devouring this content. Pat, yeah. when are you coming back? Uh, tomorrow, I get back like super late. So uh, I'll, I'll be here for the second episode this week. Don't worry. In full. Beautiful. Yeah, you'll get and me I'll be awake for that. I'll be awake for that one. I'm going to get up at seven. All right. Yeah, let's hope.
<laughs> All right. Thanks, Pat. Talk to you soon. Don't hope. See you guys. Enjoy the rest of the show. See you, Pat. All right. And uh, that was our chat with Pat. Uh, as you heard my beautiful voice at the end for a minute, two minutes, whatever it was. Um, yeah, we're hoping Pat comes back. He'll be back for Thursday's episode. I think it might come out Friday, but he'll be back for that recording. Uh, we'll get back into this or that. Uh, we'll get some Nick's picks on Thursday. Um, I we think we're going to try to do a tiers, right? Yeah, we should. Yeah, we're definitely going to get we're a We're doing tiers, a tiers on Thursday. It'll be a full stack show. Better be here. Yeah, Thursday's going to be a big one. Um, that's episode 26. This has been episode 25. Uh, you know, me and Nick... You know, we're done with our Nick Squared show. It's tough. We love our Nick Squared show. Uh, we're, we love our Nick's picks. It really is Nick's picks, just us. Uh, but, yeah, uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate it. Um, follow Nick, us any on, final uh, words? Follow us on Twitter, at sendhelp underscore the pod. Mm-hmm. And uh, listen to us on Spotify, Apple, Anchor. Wherever you listen to podcasts, we are most likely there. We are. Um, yeah, so without further ado, everyone, thanks for listening. Uh, We'll catch you on Friday, and uh, we'll see ya. See ya. Fuck the Astros. For the latest updates on the show, follow us on Twitter at sendhelp underscore the pod. You can listen to us live every week on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Just search sendhelp semicolon the podcast. That's sendhelp semicolon, you know, the thing with two dots, the podcast. 